0: And as I find my spot in Scripture, I would invite our young ones, our children, to head off to Children's Church. I believe you're following Miss Liz over here. She wrangles a couple of them out the door. We'll give them a moment to do so, and make sure you have your Lord's Supper cup handy, um, as we will be doing that here in just a few moments. All right, out they go. Well, I cannot tell you a lot of the details about the night I got saved. I don't remember the date. I don't remember even the year to be completely honest with you. Um, I can tell you a couple things about the time I got, when I got saved, and that was, I remember it was a Sunday. Because there were conversations that had happened during that day um, at church in Sunday school in children's church that, that that meant that that the gospel and Jesus was fresh in my mind. And I remember that it happened at night because I, I gave my life to Christ um, really after bedtime, really on my own based on, on what I'd, I'd known. On that particular night, it was the end of what I would just can only say it was the end of a not so good day for a, a young child. You know, a kid where I'd probably been, you know, fighting with my brother and, and had gotten in trouble with my parents and, and maybe even to the point where I was now in bed and, and, and the, the fact that, that I was in trouble and that things were not good in, in my house or in my life were very fresh in my mind. So I may have even been sent to bed in trouble. I remember how I felt. I remember that I felt wrong. That I felt like something about me was right. That, that I had clearly been the one who had messed up. That uh, my behavior, my actions, my words, my, m- it was me. I had, had led myself to this situation. And, and it, because of that, I felt like something inside of me was just not right. Now, I didn't know it at the time, nor could I even hope to verbalize it, but I had, I had really, I was feeling and experiencing what we see and when we put up the, the three circles of gospel thing where that feeling of brokenness. And that is a, a perfect description of how I felt. I was experiencing the brokenness that comes from my own sin. As I said, I can't remember what was taught that day at church. I can't remember what the pastor may have said during the service. But I know that at some point that day, and probably many Sundays prior to that, that I had heard that Jesus could come and he could save me from my sin. That he could save me from my brokenness. He could save me from from what I was experiencing in that moment. And so as a small child on a Sunday night, I realized that I was someone who needed saving. That I needed Jesus to come into my heart, as we said back in the 80s, so that I could be set right. I could be justified before God and that I could become something new. And so I did. And that night, I prayed to God and I asked Jesus to come into my heart to him, for him to, to save me from my sin and to, to set things right. I know as a small child that I did not fully understand what everything meant and what it would cost. In fact, it would be some time before I would really tell my family and then go forward to, to become baptized. Baptized. And while I cannot remember all the details or all the lessons or all the the scripture or all the things that had led me to that decision, I can remember what it felt like. I can remember what it felt like to feel lost. And I can also remember what it felt like to be saved. And to know that God loved me and that he had made me his own through Christ. Today we are reading an account of the Lord's Supper, and so we are going to celebrate the Lord's Supper today also. To the Baptist, the Lord's Supper is a memorial, a time to remember. But the question that that comes from that statement in the title of our message today is to remember what? What does this little cup and the things that are contained in it, what are they supposed to call us to remember? Well, let us go to the text and see. First, we read Mark 14, and you don't have to stand this time because we're going to be picking through our passage today. And it says this, While they were eating, he took some bread, and after, blessing, after a blessing, he broke it and gave it to them and said, Take it, this is my body. The first thing Jesus calls us to remember at the Lord's Supper is to remember his body. Well, what did Jesus do with that bread? What is it about this bread that that we are called to remember? And it says that he blessed it, which was common for Jesus to do. He did it when he fed 5,000. He did it when he fed 4,000. He blessed the food, but then he broke it. Now, if we are correct in that this is the feast of the unleavened bread, the bread that he was using was not the bread that we would think about, that that wonderful, um, carb-loaded, gluten-filled bread that we all enjoy, that we can tear apart and and pull, and and it stretches a little bit as the crust gives way. This was was, uh, unleavened bread, yeastless bread, and, and, and mimicked more of a cracker than a bread. And so it didn't tear and, and pull apart, it smashed and crumpled and broke into a, a bunch of small pieces. Jesus was showing his disciples through that bread that his body was to be broken. Now, I want to put a caveat on this that he did not necessarily mean in the most literal sense and that all of his bones were broken. For as we look to Scripture, we see that that it also says in Psalm 3420 that he keeps all his bones and that not one of them is broken. As we go to the crucifixion, we see that when the Sabbath came and they were going to make quick work of those that were on the cross, that they went to break their legs so that they would die quickly. But Jesus had already died and so his legs were not broken. However, this breaking of the bread that represents Jesus' body is a reminder that his body would most certainly be crushed. That he would be hurt. If we go to Isaiah 53 verse 5, it reads this, But he was pierced for our rebellion, crushed because of our iniquities. Punishment for our peace was on him, and we are healed by his wounds. The crushing that would experience in Jesus' body may not have involved his bones, but it most certainly involved everything else. His skin, his heart, his organs. He was beaten, punched, mocked, kicked, spit upon, and ultimately crucified. When we partake of the bread, we are receiving a physical reminder that Jesus took the punishment for our sin even though he himself never did sin. These words ring true through Paul in Second Corinthians 5.21 when he says that he made him who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Take your cup and peel off the top piece. And as we hold this up, we are reminded and we are called to remember that we were sinners. But Jesus took the punishment for our sins on the cross. In our passage today, it says that Jesus turned to his disciples and he said, take it. This is my body. And so we do this in remembrance of him. Let us do so. Our passage goes forward, starting in verse 23. And it says, And that when he had taken the cup and he had given thanks, he gave it to them, and they all drank from it. And he said to them, This is my blood of the covenant which is poured out for many. We might ask the question, What's in the cup? He takes a cup, they drink from the cup, what's in the cup? Verse 26 gives us a clue of this when he says that, that it is the fruit of the vine, that he will not partake, that he will not drink of the fruit of the vine until he comes into the kingdom. The drink came from grapes and was probably most assuredly wine. They didn't have Welches back then. Could have been just grape juice, but I doubt it. It was wine and it was red wine. The cup was passed to all, and all of them drank from it. And as they did so, Jesus said to them that this was blood. That this was blood of a covenant that would be poured out. If the bread was his body, then the cup was most assuredly his blood. We see in Scripture that Jesus' blood was most assuredly poured out. In fact, in John nineteen fourteen, after Jesus... Had died, It said, but one of the soldiers, in order to make sure he was dead, one of the soldiers pierced his side with a spear, and immediately blood and water came out. But this was not just to say that Jesus' blood was poured out, that this was just more of that punishment and more of that, that consequence of sin. No, it was the blood of a new covenant. A covenant that Jesus was making with his disciples, his followers, and ultimately with us, the church. Moses did the same thing. When the covenant was established between God and the nation of Israel, going to Exodus 24, it says, Moses took the blood and he sprinkled it on the people and said, Behold the blood of a covenant which the Lord has made with you in accordance with these words. Covenants... And new covenants were all about establishing a relationship. When God made a covenant with Abraham, it was to establish a relationship. When he made the covenant with Noah, there was a relationship. When he made the covenant with David, there was a relationship. And now there's going to be a covenant between Christ and man, and a relationship is being established. You may ask, what kind of relationship is God is God establishing, is Jesus instituting through this act? Again, we can look to Paul as he explains it in Galatians 4, starting in verse 4, we read this But when the fullness of time came, God sent forth his Son, born of a woman, born under the law, so that he might redeem those who were under the law, that he might receive. That they might receive the adoption as sons, because you are sons. God has sent forth his spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Therefore, you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir through God. This cup is a reminder of the new relationship we have with God through Christ It is a reminder that we belong to God. That we are His. That we are most certainly His children. And that He loves us as His children. That He loves us perfectly. Unconditionally. Even when we might mess up again. Jesus has made the way so that God will love us unconditionally. And that in His great love. He has made us a promise to be with him throughout eternity because of Christ. Peel back that second thing. The foil, I guess, is what it is. Jesus said, this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many. Let us drink in remembrance of him. Gina's final words in this celebration are this. Truly I say to you, I will no longer drink of the fruit of the vine until the day in which I drink it new in the kingdom of God. He has told them through what he has celebrated today that that he is about to die, that indeed this Lord's Supper will be his last meal before he is crucified, buried, and rise from the grave. And yet, even in these last few words, we see that Jesus is looking forward He's looking towards a time where he will celebrate a meal, an important meal, a meal that will involve once again wine and celebration and a feast, a meal where he, that he will celebrate with his disciples. But it will not be in the Jerusalem that they are in now. It will not even be in the world that they are in now. For he is looking to the day that he will celebrate with the church in the kingdom of God. And every single person who has taken these elements today and and, and who, most importantly, has given their life to Christ, who has trusted in Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, they have that same thing to look forward to. They have that same hope and that same future because Jesus paid the price for their sins and because He has made us sons and daughters of the Most High. We remember the body. We remember the blood of the covenant. And in the midst of all of this, we ought to remember our salvation. Because that's what we do, that's what we've just done, that's what it does, is it reminds us that we have indeed been saved. Let us remember what it felt like when we surrendered our lives to Jesus. When we invited Jesus into our hearts, when we were born again. Remember the lostness. Remember what it felt like to feel broken. Remember what it felt like when, when the preacher or the Sunday school teacher or the youth camp director or the mom or dad or, or whoever it was was sharing with you about Jesus and you could feel that pull on your heart that something needed to change. Remember what it felt like when you finally said, yes. Remember what it felt like when you took that first step out of the pew at that revival service, and you didn't quite know where you were going or why you were moving, remember what it felt like to walk that aisle, to bow your head. Remember what it felt like to say, I'm ready to give my life to Christ. Remember the hope that filled your heart when you did. Remember the relief that washed over you when you realized that the sin that had been burdening you and had caused you to fear and to doubt was suddenly washed away and and filled up with a feeling of safety, of belonging, of meaning, of purpose, of knowing that you were secure in Christ. And no matter what happened in the future, no matter how much you may mess up in the future, that you were his. And because you are his, you no longer needed to fear. Remember the love that you felt from the father. But above all else, remember the joy. Remember the joy of being a child of God. Remember the joy of your salvation. Remember how you felt like you could take on the world in the name of Christ. Some of us have been a Christian a very long time. Many of you are like me where you might not remember the details anymore. You don't always remember dates and times. You don't always remember ages. You don't remember sermons or Bible verses. You don't remember strategies or any of those things. In fact, sometimes in the midst of pain and sorrow, in the midst of the struggles of life, sometimes we might forget that even that joy. And on a day like today, let our prayer be like that of David in Psalm 51 when he cried out, Restore to me the joy of your salvation and sustain me in a willing spirit. Do you remember? Do you remember what it felt like to be born again? The joy of being forgiven. The love that you had for the God who forgives you. Remember that. Remember it and share it with others. Tell it to your children and your grandchildren and your great grandchildren. Tell it to your friends and your family, your nieces and your nephews, your neighbors and your co workers tell people what God has done for you. Your testimony is a powerful thing. And believe it or not, there is a world out there who may not even believe in Jesus, but still wants to hear your story. They still wanna hear about what God has done for you and they wanna hear the good news that God can do that for them too. You've got to hear my testimony this morning. And I would invite you to, this week, at some point, in some way, to share yours with others. If you are with me today and when I ask you the question, do you know what it felt like to receive Christ? You have to answer no, because you never have. Then I invite you to experience the same peace, the same joy, the same forgiveness and the same love that I have experienced, that I experienced for the first time as a small boy, and I have kept on experiencing as God has continually shown his grace and mercy to me for my entire life. I invite you to experience that by giving your life to Christ. You don't need all the answers. You don't need to make sure that you have all the scriptures down. You don't even need to get your life in order before you need to come to Christ. You just need to recognize that you have sinned and that you need saving. And then you need to give your life to Jesus. To believe that he is true. And to surrender to him as Lord and Savior. But we would challenge you today. If you are a Christian, remember. Remember what it felt like. And may those memories fuel your witness. And if you are not a Christian, then come and experience the love and the grace and the peace that we have in Christ for the very first time. Let us pray. Our gracious God and King, we thank you so much for your word. God, we thank you for what we have done today. God, as we celebrate the Lord's Supper, we are called to remember what you have done through Christ on the cross. God, I pray that we will remember and that we will remember what that felt like when it was applied to us, when we surrendered our lives to you. And God, I pray that that will cause other people in this room to hunger and thirst for that same experience. God, not that following you is just a one-time experience. But God, to walk with you and to live with you is something that will inspire and fuel our lives for all eternity. Lord, I pray if there's anyone here that does not know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, Lord, that today would be the day that they surrender their lives. That they would experience the Lord's Supper in the most real way possible as the broken body and the shed blood of Christ is applied to them as they are set free. And that they become of the covenant that Jesus spoke of. Where they belong to you. And no one can take them away. God, we ask these things in the precious name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Now it says at the end of that time that they sang a hymn and then they went out. And so tonight we or today, I guess it's morning still. Um, how long have I been preaching? Uh, today, we are going to close our service with a hymn. But as we do that hymn, we are not going to go out, but we are going to invite you to come forward. And if God has laid something on your heart, maybe you are already a believer and you just need to get some, have some serious time with the Lord in prayer. We want to invite you up to the steps to pray to lift things up to God, to to maybe pray that prayer, God, restore to me the joy of my salvation. If God is speaking to you in some other way, maybe you're ready to give your life to Christ or join in fellowship with his church or be baptized, we would invite you to come forward during this time. And I would love to talk with you and share with you a little bit about what it means to make Jesus your Lord and Savior. However God is calling you to come, we invite you to do so. Let's stand together.